0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I share my recent presentation with Summer Valenci, HCI contributor, at the Ashoka Exchange Conference on April 17th. The title of our presentation was Expanding Our Vision of Social Impact.
1: to jump right in. Um, this The reason we proposed having this conversation um, kind of grew out of a conversation that started at the 2000, I mean it might have started before, but I was a part of it in the 2019 Ashoka uh, conference. It was kind of this ad hoc group that just came together to meet um, at the end of one of the days um, in San Diego and it was kind of having this conversation about how do we expand our vision of, um, of, of social impact? Um, it might not have been, you know, there's lots of different terminology um, that we use, social enterprise, social entrepreneurship, social innovation, um, but it was kind of around these kind of pieces of, are there pieces that are, we're ignoring or, or need to be included in this bigger conversation? Um, and we have um, adopted a new framework, which we'll talk about today. So. Um, Anyways, we just wanted to continue the conversation from from last year. So, um, my name is Summer Valenci. I am the director of the Center for Social Impact at Utah Valley University. And I have my colleague John with me on the call today.
0: Um, I'm John Westover. I am the academic director of the Center for Social Impact. I'm an associate professor uh, of organizational leadership in the Woodbury School of Business at Utah Valley University. Uh, where I teach uh, organizational development and change management, human resource management, ethics, and those sorts of courses. Um, And I've been working with Summer uh, in the center uh, for a long time.
1: Awesome. So we know this is a conversation, but we wanted to go through kind of just a quick, a little um, spiel about what we're doing. So we want to give you some context for um, our community and our university, um, because it's important in how uh, we kind of frame this, the social impact um, at our university. Um, Then we'll talk about the framework um, and what we've been doing on our campus. And then we want to, obviously the majority of the time, be a discussion. And we really want to answer any of your questions first. We have a couple of prepared questions um, if we get to them, but we we really just want to hear um, from the group. So John's going to start us off. With
0: Eight. The and, and I'll go through this pretty quickly. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, Utah Valley University is housed in a very um, unique um, place uh, culturally uh, and it's a very conservative place. Um, the, in terms of demographics, it's very white, uh, 89% white, uh, a little under 11% Hispanic. It's very young. Uh, medium, median age is a little bit under 25. Um, and so much of the population is uh, under the age of 18. So our public schools, our universities are all growing and expanding, uh, while perhaps that's not the case in a lot of other parts of the country. Um, One-third of all growth in 2019 was in Utah County, where Utah Valley University is housed. And Utah ranks second in the nation uh, for job growth. Uh, And so we have, in addition to high birth rate in in the state, uh, we have a lot of in-migration with uh, people coming uh, for tech jobs and other sorts of um, entrepreneurial endeavors along Silicon Slopes.
1: There we go.
0: Uh, and as I alluded to, we're very conservative. Where uh, Utah is 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 very red, um, and within one of the reddest states in the country, Utah County is the reddest part of Utah. Um, so we've only supported a Democrat for president nine times since 1896. The last time we supported one was a very long time ago, in 1964. Uh, the most Republican county, as I mentioned, and. So in a place like Utah County, words like social change, um, anything related to social justice, these are all dirty words. These are, um, these are taboos that the average person wouldn't dare say uh, or wouldn't be comfortable affiliating with because of the very conservative culture uh, that we're in. In terms of Utah Valley University, we're the largest public university in the state, a little under 42,000 students. We're dual mission. Uh, So that means that there is no other community college in the area. So we serve both a community college function and a comprehensive university function from certificates of proficiency uh, all the way up through master's degrees. Um, A little under 40% of our students are first generation students. Most of our students, work, um, a significant amount, uh, they, they, there's uh, about 40% uh, tend to be married, uh, they have children. Uh, th- these are very um, busy students who are juggling a lot of different things as they're, uh, as they're continuing their education. So back 26, 27 years ago, uh, the Volunteer and Service Learning Center, um, or rather, before the Center, Volunteer Services was founded uh, on UVU campus, uh, and from those humble beginnings, we've grown a lot over that la- this past 27 years. In 2001, uh, we became the Volunteer and Service Learning Center. I joined campus in 2009, when it was still the Volunteer and Service Learning Center, and my role with, with directing academic service learning uh, initiatives and the social impact initiative started uh, a couple years after I came to campus. Uh, Summer then joined us, what, five years ago, Summer? Uh, seven. Seven years, wow. So Summer joined us seven years ago. Um, and during that time, we were having so many discussions about really how we needed to shift our st- strategic understanding of our role in the community, how we needed to adjust our, um, our framing of, of service and volunteering and, and uh, service learning, and how we could have a bigger, uh, more substantial impact in our community. Um, So it was quite the process, but we were successful in changing the name of the center in 2018 to the Center for Social Impact with a brand new strategic framework and a much more comprehensive approach to how we're trying to tackle social problems, uh, which, and Summer's going to talk about that here in just a minute. Um, We are unique on campus that we're really the only functioning academic affairs and student affairs um, partnership uh, for, for this kind of an initiative. Uh, I report up through Academic Affairs and the Office of Engaged Learning, and I oversee all the Academic Service Learning um, programming. And Summer uh, reports up through Student Affairs and Student Life uh, and VPs on that side. Uh, we're a very successful partnership. We've been tight knit uh, for, for years and years. Since, since I've been involved, um, I've seen that tight partnership. Uh, We coordinate uh, between the curricular co-curricular and extracurricular um, activities for students um, very successfully and really I I believe we're a model for our campus in terms of successful academic and student affairs partnerships.
1: Okay so I'm going to jump into the framework Um, and something that we like to point out too uh, is how we sit in between those two different divisions. We're not Um, Beholden to any particular school where we can really be that kind of interdisciplinary um, space on campus. So our mission is to develop active citizens who make social impact um, in our communities. And our definition of social impact is a significant positive change that addresses a pressing community identified social issue in a sustainable and just way. Um, And we, this is a working definition, but this is where we're at right now um, when we're defining this for our students. Um, And our framework basically combines kind of these two um, models of thinking. This is the Pathways of Social Impact. That's what we call them. Um, They were developed by kind of a working group that Stanford University was a big part of, Berkeley. Stanford calls them the pathways of public service. Um, they really don't care what other people uh, call them. <laughs> they really are interested in kind of framing uh, this work in these pathways. Um, and so we when um, we discovered these many years ago. We were really excited about how clearly they outline the um, these different pathways, the so ways that we really make this impact in our community. So the pathways are direct service, community-engaged learning and research, social entrepreneurship and corporate social responsibility, policy, and governance, community organizing and activism and philanthropy. Um, and when I'm talking with students um, and kind of introducing these concepts, uh, it's really an easy way for them to grasp um, the, the many ways that they can address any social issue in a variety of ways. Um, I like to say we're never going to volunteer our way out of hunger. Do we need volunteers at the at the food bank? Yes, we need that direct service going on. But we also need to create policies. We also need people to be donating money. We need to research what's going on. Where are our food deserts? Um, all of these pathways really have to work um, together in order to make you know that that final impact. And and it's um, like I said, students really respond well to these pathways and they it really helps break it down so that they can see themselves as where, where they can kind of play in this role. Um, the other model that we've combined in this framework is the active citizen continuum. And this was developed by a nonprofit organization called Breakaway. Um, and they kind of developed these four stages of um, citizenship, where you're a member, not very concerned with so- your role in social problems, a volunteer, edu- you know, well-intentioned, but maybe not educated about social issues, moving to a conscientious citizen. They're really starting to be concerned about discovering those root causes, asking why, and then all the way up to a citizen, active citizen, where community really is a priority in their life. Um, and they're, they're willing to look at kind of those systemic changes um, that need to be made. So what we did is we put these two frameworks or these two uh, models on uh, axes and and what we decided to do is we want to develop uh, programming that helps students move through the continuum all the way across um, all the pathways. So that's kind of what's been driving um, how we frame everything in the center. we can kind of trace our roots, right? Our volunteer and service learning into those first two pathways. Um, and it's been a real, a really um, great experience to kind of expand the way uh, we see things and the way that we can get students involved um, in a variety of different ways. So everything that we offer in the center, um, whether it's legacy kind of events or things that are developing in the future, they're all aligning um, with this framework. So um, since we implemented this framework, uh, we've rebranded our center, obviously. We've uh, introduced the pathways to campus. One of the ways that we did that, um, we put this pop-up museum uh, together for um, our Martin Luther King commemoration. Um, And it was a great way we illustrated the civil rights movement through the pathways. Um, And so we set up these displays and Uh, The response was so positive. Students loved being able to break down a a huge movement um, into these pathways and that was one of the ways we kind of introduced it. Um, We are mapping all of our programs, community partners, courses, um, all of our programming to it as well. Um, We're developing our assessment strategy and we've launched some new programs. um, Within this framework, we have something called the Sim Lab, our uh, social impact metrics lab, um, social impact incubators, and just everything that we are designing and developing, we put onto that framework so students can understand how they can make that impact, and it helps us just really kind of uh, cement in their minds how they can make a difference.
0: All right, so that brings us to the point where we want to open it up, Um, As Summer mentioned, we're just so excited about having a comprehensive way um, that we can help students and faculty and community partners all collectively understand the the complexities and nuances in a broader social system uh, and political and economic system that, that these cross influences that make it so difficult to actually drive change in our communities. So as we use this sort of framework and have these discussions and plan our programming and our events and our courses and our projects, um, it, it gives us a real good grounding uh, and helps everyone to be conversant uh, with the same um, kind of baseline understanding of where we're starting from to be able to address community-identified needs, uh, to, to be able to lean on the uh the lived expertise uh, of, of community partners uh, and to be able to augment, you know, with the skill sets that we bring to the table from, you know, the faculty side and from what the students are learning in their disciplines on campus for co-curricular, co-cur- for co-curricular and extracurricular offerings. Um, so we, we want to open it up now for any of your questions, thoughts, comments. Uh, and then depending on time, we have some questions that we've also prepared that we can uh, pose um, for discussion, uh, but we'll start with with all of you.
2: I'm, I might uh, ask a question. Um, it's Nancy Marlette. I'm from Calgary, Alberta.
0: Hi, Nancy. And,
2: uh, it's wonderful to see the way you've created this matrix management system <laughs> i I used to I used to really value um, that kind of stuff, but my life got a lot more chaotic I'm afraid um, but one of the things I was interested in is it seems like you're really well organized inside the university, and I'm just wondering how um you've managed to bring community collaborators in and do you invest in them in terms of uh, training them to be part of this?
0: Yeah, great question. Do you want to tackle that first, Summer?
1: Sure. We have a partnerships coordinator that is a member of our staff um, in the Center for Social Impact. And so she um, helps recruit uh, community partners, train them, um, you know, retain them. Uh, she helps put on events with our service learning faculty to kind of connect make those connections with them um, as well so right now uh, she's currently mapping all of our community partners um, with with them um, to those pathways so we can see where maybe there are gaps in our partnership so we could develop further or um, help them kind of develop more opportunities beyond what they've usually seen us as either volunteering or service learning, um, helping them kind of expand their perspective into, oh, you mean I could use a student to help, um, you know, get signatures for a petition. Awesome, that's policy and governance. Um, So helping broaden their perspective as well as to how they could engage students in in what they're doing.
2: Okay, so that you see the partnerships, the collaborators as being the Associations agencies groups within the community rather than individuals who are able to teach students and those kinds of things. Is that right.
1: That's my that was my perspective um, yeah. John. you want to address. I mean, we have on campus partnerships as well that we work um, across divisions and like we mentioned our, our partnership with academic affairs is very strong and so we faculty members are are obviously
2: a large part of that as well yeah no I wasn't referring to faculty I'm talking about individuals from the community who are really interested in this and how you use them in terms of training your students because I really saw in that continuum the mm -hmm. opening for that you know absolutely
0: yeah I think on the curricular side uh, it just Mm -hmm. depends so we have for example, in in the courses that I teach uh, where we do these types of projects, we do work with um, community organizations, nonprofits, agencies, wh- whatever, um, and the students work on consulting projects. In my my um, my discipline, they're working on organizational development and change management types of projects for these organizations. Um, and I bring in guest speakers, uh, experts. Um, from the community, from local businesses who have specialty in, you know, whatever type of specific thing the students might be working on um, with that partner organization. Um, And so some faculty do that quite a bit, some do that a little bit, and some don't do it at all. Um, We definitely encourage uh, faculty um, to to utilize the expertise within the community, and I I think that we would say the same thing for the the extracurricular and co-curricular offerings Mm -hmm. as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, we, one of our biggest emphases to our students is uh, we work with community identified needs. So we always are listening (laughs) to the community and doing what, what needs to be done there.
0: Yeah. And, and to add to what Summer said about our community partners, um, we do have tiered levels of partnership uh, so that as, as organizations want to partner with uh, the Center for Social Impact, they there's you know tiers so they, they agree to certain levels of commitment and involvement with us and with the students um, they receive training they you know and so that's been quite effective in, in creating more tie tie and buy-in uh, to what they're doing and, and what we're doing with the center. Um, what summer also mentioned though is, is also true that I think historically a lot of these community partners don't always, Recognize how we can utilize different pathways to approach the challenges that they're tr- they're trying to face. Right, so you have a nonprofit that's you know focused on adult literacy issues, for example, and they may be really used to trying to get volunteers to be tutors um, to do um, uh, to do uh, reading reading tutoring, um, but they may not be thinking about having um, faculty expertise and student expertise and incorporate corporate expertise from the community to help them develop and assess their training, to help them understand um, their their data analytics and, and some of those types of things. So, uh, and we can look across all the pathways to help them better understand how they can tackle the, the, the social problems that they're facing. Uh, so that's something we definitely have been trying to do.
2: Yeah,
0: thank
1: you. Um, we had time to get into all of our programming, but.
0: Yeah. We do have a question in the chat box, so I'll go ahead and oh, um, re- read this. As students go through this pathway of social impact, what happens after university with them? Do you have a follow-up of how they engage in these different areas, public policy, philanthropy, activism, et cetera? That's a great question.
1: That is an excellent question. Yeah, that's definitely something that we're continuing to develop and explore. I actually attended the careers um, or confer- er, session earlier this morning. Um, I think part of our curriculum that we're designing for our social impact um, certificate and minor uh, involves bringing uh, practitioners uh, onto into the classroom so that they can start to make those connections and then I would love to collaborate with the internship office and really help kind of uh, put some good uh, framework around those opportunities because right now it's it's not something that's it's a high priority for our internship office I would say um, but I think it's something that uh, students are, are more and more interested in for sure and so um, we definitely want to help in that transition to career um, and we're hoping as we get this curriculum um, approved out of our center that we can um, really start to contribute to, you know, the progress of the field where people are recognizing that this is something that you want to study and can get a degree and a job in um, and progress. Um, And then we also have uh, plans. We haven't done anything yet, but plans um, to involve alumni um, as we move forward in in a variety of different ways. Um, We feel like just like how students and community partners can kind of see themselves in these pathways that it, it'll be really helpful framework to engage um, alumni in as well.
0: Uh, another question, Nancy asks, what is an internship? Is this a paid contract or an experiential learning agreement?
1: Oh, there's internships can be
0: <laughs> yeah. whatever
1: you want to make them, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I, I think it depends on what we're talking about at the university. Um, generally speaking, at the university, uh, it's stu- most students do paid internships with an employer where they have a, an agree- assigned agreement between a supervisor, um, the student, and uh, a lead faculty member at the university with um, specific learning outcomes uh, from the projects that they're doing as part of the internship. So it's this experiential learning um, opportunity where they often get paid, sometimes not. Um, so that's that's an internship. Um, but a lot of times what we've seen is that students who are involved in these social impact projects or these service learning projects uh, with organizations as part of their coursework, um, where they're doing free projects, they're not getting paid for them, um, that o- oftentimes those experiences then lead to paid internships or to paid job offers uh, after the course is over. Uh, and so that's that's something that we're, we're really proud of, to, to see uh, that kind of a, a positive professional impact for students as they go through these various experiential learning opportunities.
2: Uh, Jim uh, McKinley, I'm, in, in C, I'm, a, I'm a connector and been involved with the show for, for quite a while. Uh, I uh, really also enjoyed your continuum and think it's so uh, well designed make uh, verbally a uh, brief uh, reference systemic change. I didn't see it on your continuum, uh, systemic, and I, I just wondered how you position uh, systemic change, which really is the ultimate impact uh, in my view, and uh, uh, whether you look at it that way, um, how, how you position it in, in your curriculum.
0: Yeah, we, we try to approach everything from a systems perspective. Um, and so we, we see, for example, the six pathways as different pieces of the system, right? And so we wanna look um, cohesively and holistically at social problems um, from a systems approach. Uh, we also do a lot with equity design thinking and try to incorporate that into our courses and programming and, and experiences for students. Uh, Really, we just want, we don't want students coming away from involvement with the center thinking, you know, service is fun. I'm going to go do some more service and that will solve all the world's problems. Um, Now, if they want to do service and they think it's fun, that's great, but that's not going to solve all the world's problems. And so uh, we need to be much much more um, comprehensive in our approaches and as we try to educate the students about the framework and uh, about systems thinking and about um, equity design thinking and these sorts of um, approaches, uh, we, we found some good success. And the students get really excited about it because they start to, uh, you know, millennials and Gen Z students, they, they want to make an impact in the world um, and they don't want to wait until, you know, later in their career to do it. They want to do it now. And so when students see that they have the tools to do it, they get really excited. Um, and that leads into some of our other programs like the Sim Lab and the Social Impact Incubators and some of those sorts of things where students have the opportunity to pitch projects, um, get funding to carry out the projects and those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, it's really embedded in everything we do and that continuum, I think the something that's a little different about it is that we're focusing on the person and their development, um, this, you know, developing a student into an active citizen. Um, so I would hope that, I mean, if they reach that point they they would fully understand what systems are, how to address them and understand these levers um, of the pathways to really make those
0: changes. Yeah, it looks Mm -hmm. like we're almost out of time. We do have another question in the chat window. So I'll just, I'll pose that real quick. Uh, Do you have, or have you developed social impact measurement tools, models, indicators? Uh, Great question. We're always uh, working on that. we do have various assessment tools that we have used uh, in the past. You know, it depends on what, what type of outcomes you're wanting to focus on, right? You could have economic development instruments, you could have uh, attitudinal change. You know, if you're talking about political, um, the political pathway, um, there, there's all sorts of different things that can be used. And we're, so we're always trying to identify different existing uh, uh, measurement tools and and assessment tools, um, but we're also trying to develop them. And one of the things that we do in our SIM lab, the social impact metrics lab, is that we work with partner organizations like local nonprofits to try to help them identify what their objectives are, um, what data they have, where the gaps are, in terms of the data they have versus what they need to really know if they're accomplishing the object- objectives that they have. And then we help them to establish mechanisms to collect the needed data, to assess that data and have that feedback into how they run their, their programming in uh, their their offerings, right, for the, this pro- the, the services that they provide. Um, so that's something we're always working on. And I know that this is something that everyone's very interested in. Um, I don't, I'm not aware of anyone having cracked that nut completely um, and, and there's really no silver bullet to it. It it just so much depends on what the specific um, issue is and the specific types of outcomes that you're wanting to measure. Um, but there's, there's lots of um, methodologies that can be utilized. Um, Nancy asks, um, I just went to the view. Oh, Nancy asks, uh, how are you changing what you call a conservative political culture? Um, we're not changing the political culture per se, um, but we're working well within it. And so that that's really, as we were trying to rebrand the center and incorporate the pathways, we, we had to do that within this context. And we understood that some, some terminology would be a non-starter. Like people just would, would distance themselves. Uh, university administrators would distance, distance themselves. There'd be funding implications, partner organizations, uh, individuals in the community would not want to associate with us uh, unless we framed things in a way that they could get behind. And so there's a lot of strategic thinking behind the approach we took to get university buy-in to how we've um, re-branded the center and changed the name and our new pathways and strategic framework. And um, that's an ongoing battle, but I I feel like we're doing pretty well with it. Uh, Do you wanna add anything to that, Summer?
1: Yeah, we basically had to sell it that we're teaching students how to do this work. They get to determine for what social issue and from what perspective we obviously teach. Ethics and values and those kinds of layers to make sure that it's, you know, in the right direction. But um, we, we really emphasize those that we're teaching the how students engage and we're not Evangelizing or or, or pushing a a certain agenda necessarily um, because of our culture on campus. That was the only way we would be able to make this happen. When we told our colleagues around the state that we were going for the name um, Social Impact, the Center for Social Impact, they, <laughs> they, they laughed at us. They said, you're never gonna get that. They like, do you know where your university is located? And we said, yep, we're gonna do it. So um, those kind of converse, strategic conversations that John mentioned is, is how we were able to convince them.
2: Sounds like everyone a change Changemaker.
1: <laughs> kind
0: of. <laughs> I think so.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank everyone. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much for participating and staying with us these last few minutes.
0: Yes, thanks everyone. Uh, we know we're over time. Um, we will share the slides. I think Summer may have already done that in the oh, in the presen- Oh, I'm not sure here, but I know in the uh, uh, in the yeah. uh, program the slides are there uh, in the app um, and. By all means, we, we would love to talk with anyone offline, so feel free to contact us. Um, we could set up meetings you know, after the fact, after the conference, um, and we would love to uh, have the opportunity to continue the discussion.
2: Yeah. Sure. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, great work. Great. Thank you. you,
0: Thank you. Your um, emails in the chat box with everyone um, sure. before they go in case folks have questions.
2: Thank you so much. Jonathan.
0: Thank you. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Have a great evening.
2: Have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much.
0: Bye. Bye.